You gotta flip, 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 Delphia, flip, 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 Delphia. Mm. Always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> lost the lost the melody there. Good after morning. It's your boy, Skinny Dick Taylor, coming to you live from the Beats by Dr. Dre Super Zoot Blunt Lab and Podcast Center. Brought to you by Beats by Dr. Dre. Fuck Raycons, bro. Fuck a Raycon. If you wear Raycons, you're an idiot. I hope fucking... I hope Tim Kardashian doesn't make a sex video with you. You fucking broke boy. Get some beats. (laughs) Wasn't Ray J the guy that she fucked? Right? Ray J? Kim K? Ray J? If it was Ray J, that guy's got a cock on him, right? That guy's got a cock. (laughs) Oh, God. Coming out strong on the new podcast with the fucking cock speak. How's everybody doing today? I am feeling good, man. It's been a good, it's been a weird weekend. I have had a weird weekend, that's for sure. Um... I kicked it off on Friday night, didn't do a damn thing, played some Pokemon, fucking, I started a Nuzlocke on Pokemon Heart Gold because I'm a nerd, and then on Saturday, I had a little hog fry with my friends, uh, Mr. Zayden came over, and some of my girlfriend's friends came over, <sighs> I had like, eight pounds of fucking pork chops, it's in my freezer. Man, I'm burping like crazy. And um, we just cut those up and fried that. And then Zayden made some fry bread. And we had taters, some hominy corn, fried mushrooms. Holy shit. I got some portabellas. I fucking egg washed them, threw them in some flour. You know, some seasoned flour and fucking put them in the grease. That shit was so good. Put them in the grease. Put me in the grease. <laughs> I wish somebody would put me in some grease. I feel fucking. I feel too clean. I took a shower. My hair's still kind of wet. I really hope this video doesn't turn out super fucking grainy, because it's the way it's looking on my camera. And uh, well, not really on my camera. More like this capture application I'm using. Come on, Elgato, where's the 4K? I don't know. Maybe it's my settings. We'll figure it out. So, uh, I'll talk more about my Saturday night later. Um, I want to talk more about the stand-up I did on Sunday. Because that's the real kicker. Uh, I went back to the Copper Penny, did my second set, and this set went way better than the first set. Uh, I actually got genuine laughs this time, not chuckles. I got... Literally, my opener was better than every single joke that I brought two weeks ago. (laughs) I thought of it on the way there. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like the more I let myself just be in the moment on stage, I feel like I'm... I'm better. Because my comedy, how I've always made people laugh is like reactionary, you know? Like somebody drops a pencil and then I fucking call them a moron. Like shit like that. You know, like some something happens and then I make fun of it. Um, I do have, I feel like I've got like good, you know, just like spontaneous jokes. But me like watching like a bad movie or a movie that, you know, everybody's kind of, like, wanting to make fun of, that is my wheelhouse. I will tear a movie to shreds. To shreds. I've done it in theaters. I've done it in fucking, in, in, uh, home sittings. I feel like I've ruined some movies for people because of it, especially scary movies. If I watch a scary movie, my jerk reaction is to just fucking take fire just fucking you can't scare me you're not funny enough or some i don't know 
but I'll just rip a fucking scary movie to shreds. I'll rip it to shreds, especially a bad one. Like, if your movie's not up to snuff and you're a scary movie, like, if it's not a good movie, because I feel like there's so many goddamn scary movies out there that you have to classify it as a good movie or not, because it could just be a, a scary movie, and it could be a decent scary movie. Oh, I got scared. But it's still not a good movie. Like, I've seen Mama, and that's not a good movie. Like, you know, storyline's kind of fucking whack. Or like, uh, uh, what's that one that has a really predictable ending? Um, Krampus. Like, you know, like, it's not a great movie. <laughs> but, I mean, objectively, if you take every jump scare out of it, then what are you left with? Like, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, that's my view. Uh, you know, I really like um, reactionary ship. So I think if I can put myself in that frame of mind on stage, it'll be way better for me in the future. Also, I need to keep writing. I need to actually write and document. I kind of do that. I, really, what I've done for like the past fucking year since I decided that oh, I want to try to get on stage is I've had like good joke premise ideas, you know, some shit that cracked me up. And I'll just write it down into this note that I have. But. um, I lost my train of thought with that yawn. Hope you liked it. Um, still not here. Um, I fucking forgot what I was talking about straight up. <laughs> I haven't even smoked pot yet either. It's just, uh. It was a good yawn, man. It was a good yawn. But if I can put myself to where I'm comfortable, I mean, I guess this is really the key to stand-up comedy because, like, I've heard Tom and Burt Kreischer were talking about it, how they are where they are in their career because of just constantly putting themselves in shitty situations. Like, constantly going on stage when they didn't want to constantly going to places they've never been and trying to make people laugh um, and just constantly getting humiliated. Sign me up. Like, <laughs> um, so I feel like that's probably what I need to do, right? You know? Need to just uh, keep going out there. I need to go to another bar other than the Copper Penny and try out my jokes. I want to run back my herpes jokes because I feel like there's something there. There's something there. But I got to get the audience more on board to, like, agree with me. It all comes down to my openers, I feel like. If you have a good opening joke, you set yourself up for so much more success, I feel like. Because whenever you walk up, especially the way I'm doing it, you walk up to the fucking bar... Or people have been singing bad music for like fucking two hours. They don't want to hear another bad rendition of fucking something, right? Like, you've been listening to people sing karaoke or fucking open mic this shit for like three hours now. And now this guy wants to get up here and make me not laugh. <laughs> so, I feel like the opener, the icebreaker, is really important. I had a good one. I had a damn good one this past this past week, and it's one I need to keep in my pocket because um, I don't want to use it at the Copper Penny again. That's the other thing. The fact that I keep going back there and the fact that it's basically the same crowd both times uh, is driving me to not say the same thing twice. So I feel like that's going to make me better doing it in places that I've frequent because... This isn't fucking New York City. This isn't God, like Miami or something. The bar scene doesn't change every week or so with tourists. Like, it's the same motherfuckers. <laughs> the same motherfuckers go to the same bars on the same nights. And that's what you got to deal with. And I feel weird coming at them with shit they've heard before. Because one, it doesn't work. If you tell a joke twice, it, it loses its, you know, it loses it. So, 
I don't know. I've, it it kind of pressures me to do like a Kill Tony vibe, honestly. It's Kill Tony as a podcast uh, hosted by Tony Hitchcliffe and Brian Redband. Um, that basically they just they have a bucket and they bring up fucking open micers and they do a minute on stage and then they interview with the comedians that are up there. And uh, they have these regulars who come in, they do a new minute of stand-up every week, which is really hard to do, to get, like, an actual, like, good set every week. So, you know, a brand new minute. So, um, I feel like it's kind of pushing me to do some things similar to that, you know? Some real Bill Tony type shit, you know what I'm saying? See this? See this? This is what I do when you don't leave reviews for my podcast on Apple Podcasts. Fucking idiot! Leave a review! Or I'm coming for you next! And I'm gonna wring your little neck! And I'm gonna throw you down in a hole and I'm gonna bury you! And then I'm gonna dig you up and I'm gonna plant petunias on you so you fertilize them! And then I'm going to take those petunias out of the ground at the end of the season. And I'm going to take them to my darling lover, Annabelle. And I'll give them to her in the, the memory of you not leaving a review. will drive my fury to give my darling Annabelle more petunias. And if you don't do it... I don't know, man. That really hurt my throat. Uh, that'll be a good clip, though. <laughs> See you, Twitter. <laughs> my darling Annabelle <laughs> I've got monster all over my hands now Who let me do that? God, this is why I need an adult here <laughs> I've got monster all over me Oh Okay, I've cleaned off <laughs> I'm not sticky anymore Ish Got my Fortnite towel. You always need a Fortnite towel, gamers. If you're a gamer out there, I didn't start doing it until I started playing Fortnite, but if you've got sweaty meat gloves, fucking get you a Fortnite towel. <laughs> Basically, it's just a towel you set next to your gaming chair to forever be fucking greased with your grease. Your mitt grease. You know, from the old... You know, grippers. <laughs> oh shit. So yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for stand up. It's really been a lot of fun so far. And uh I gotta keep going. I need to figure out a way to do stand up at least five times a week. That's that's my next goal. And if you guys are longtime fans of the podcast, which I know you are, my fan base is the most loyal fan base I think I've ever had. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you are a constant listener to the podcast, I believe it was the first or second episode, I wagered with myself and challenged myself that I would upload five of these podcasts in a row. And here we are 15 weeks later. I've only taken two off weeks, um, one out of my control, one I was just kind of like, Wah. and um, we're, f I mean, this is episode 15 I'm recording, so I feel pretty good. So the next goal, put on the board next to my Zubat here, is um, do stand up five times a week. Find a way to do it five times a week around here, because that's what it's going to take. To get me to not be fucking not funny. Like, I heard, uh, who was it? Chris Stefano was talking about, he went to this comedy class whenever he was starting out, um, pretty early in his career. And, uh, there was this guy there who owned, uh, I believe it was Gotham Comedy Club in New York. Like, you know, he's a really established, like, comedy club booker and owner. Like, he knows everybody. And he came into his comedy class and told him, listen, the, you know, there's like 20 of you in here. The odds that any of you will make it is next to none. 
Um, the odds that any of you will headline in my club is next to none. Uh, but some of you, or maybe one of you in here, will hear what I'm trying to say. And that is that professional NBA athletes shoot the basketball and work on defense and run drills every single day. Every day. To be the best, you have to work at it every single day. So, Chrissy D, you know, I guess took that to heart, and that's what he started doing, you know, like 60 sets a month and shit like that. Like, like I got to get to that level. I'm talking like five times a week, fucking 40 sets a month. Like, this, this is the kind of, I need more sets than days of the month for me to get good. And if I can figure out a way to do that here in fucking Grand Lake, Oklahoma, because there's enough bars around here, I probably could. If I could figure out a way to do that here, um, that would make me really good. <laughs> that would make me really good. And if and because I do plan on moving to Austin, that that's my end goal right now. Is in like two years or so, I want to be in Austin. And that gives me two years, roughly, to get good here before going to Austin, the new mecca of comedy, and trying to figure it out. You know? Because I could just move down there and just fucking do open mics the whole fucking time. But honestly... I don't know, I feel like I'm just hedging my bet a little bit, and, uh, because I could just move to Austin flippantly, just fucking, fuck it, dude, Austin's for me, we're gonna be gay in a red state, Uh, like, you know, I could do shit like that, but, (laughs) but, um, stand-up's hard, and I had not even gotten on stage whenever I was planning on going to Austin, so I figured... If I can't do it here, what makes me think I'm going to do it there? So, this is my goal. This is my goal. So, if you're listening to this and you live in the Grand Lake area, or honestly in just green country, um, because eventually I want to start doing like some branch out shows, you know, like go to Fayetteville and shit like that, Joplin. Uh, If you know of any fucking bar with karaoke night, an open mic, um, talent show, (laughs) <laughs> fucking uh King Sierra. Anything I can crash with a microphone, uh let me know. Because homie is gonna start sliding in. And um that's the that is the gospel truth. Okay? Opening to Hercules, the Disney movie, gospel truth. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, fuck you. I haven't said that in a long time. Fuck you. Dude. Alright. Um, what was I looking for? I'm looking for something here. I guess I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. 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 Um. I guess I could talk to you about my weekend a little bit more. So we go to the bar on Saturday. And there's this guy. Let's call him David. And I talked about David on stage. And I need to nail this story a little bit more. So we're going to try to go through this with you. Um, God, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even fucking want to talk about David. It's been such a... Like, it's so exhausting. I'm going to leave you guys on the hook. If you want to hear about David, dumbass, fucking come back next week. And I'll, I'll talk about it. Because that's like... This shit happened on Saturday. It's really stupid and it involves a lot of like close people. And I don't know, man. It's just like I've been talking about it so much like the past like two or three days since it happened, like with my girlfriend, that God, I just don't even really want to fucking talk about it on here. So you guys will hear about David the Dumbass some other time. Um, you guys want to hear my opener that I, that I used? Let me pull it up so I don't fuck it up. 
All right, so this is this is how I opened uh, on Sunday. And man, I had to get gas before I came here tonight, and uh, these gas prices are higher than me right now, and that's saying something. Like gas prices are so high that the people of Kenwood are converting to electric cars. I shit you not. I saw three chujis trying to hotwire a Chevy Volt with two AA batteries and a cut-up Bush light can. Fucking wild. That was my that was my opener, and it did good. Did real good. My only fear about it is is that like. It's a uh, b- 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 regional joke. <laughs> this is like making. This is like talking about Boston, Mass. Like, if you don't know what Kenwood is, which is a ghetto reservation town around here, if you don't know what that is, like, or a Chuji, if you don't know what a Chuji is, Chudge is boy in Cherokee. Chuji being the, I guess. I don't want to say colloquial because I don't even think <laughs> I don't even think any of these chujis know what that means. <laughs> but chuji is like the uh, the 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 nigga for <laughs> for, <laughs> for native people <laughs> for Cherokees around here. <laughs> All right, let's talk about nigga. All right, because <laughs> I was thinking about this last night. And do you guys remember when uh, Kendrick Lamar had like some concert or something, and they're about to play Mad City, and he he's in a fucking arena and he pulls this white girl up on stage, and this white girl, I mean you know the like the fucking the Mad City intro is coming, you know if I rose and came, oh god I know. Bubba coming down by the end of the song. Seems like the whole city going against me. Every time I'm in the street, I hear yap, 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 yap. And it's fucking this white girl who sings the lyrics as they lie. She's standing right there with Kendrick. She takes the mic from her. And, you know, she's like fucking, I don't even know what, I don't even know the fucking, I'm going to look it up because I've never known that first fucking line that she says. Fuck who you know, where you from, my nigga? Where your grandma say, huh, my nigga? This is Mad City, better run, my nigga. And whenever she did that, the fucking crowd turned on her. The crowd turned on her, and then fucking the internet turned on her. What kind of fucking entrapment bullshit is this? Right? What do you expect her to do? Kendrick Lamar pulls you out of the crowd in an arena to sing the intro to Mad City and you are white and you are stupid and you're at a concert and you're a girl and you think that this girl that's just like oh it's on stage it's Kendrick and her, her being a girl doesn't fucking matter like if I was on stage oh, Kendrick oh like I'd be doing the same shit and you bring her up there and you go intro's yours <laughs> oh but if you don't mute this fucking lyric that I put in the song, then um, you're canceled. Or fucking whatever they did to her. Like, this was actually a little while back. So, like, literally, look up. Uh, I'm going to look it up so I can tell you what to look up. Because I want to find this video. I'm going to type in white girl Kendrick Lamar. And we're going to see what happens. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Kendrick Lamar stops white fan rapping N-word on stage. Is he wrong? Yes, he is. Because he knows exactly what the fuck he's, he's doing. And you expect this 20-something or younger girl to get on stage and then have the frame of mind in front of 20,000 people to go, Bad down. Where you from, my friend? Fuck who you know. Where you from, my friend? Where your grandma stay, huh, my friend? This mad city better run, my friend. Like, what the f- Who? Who? Who does that? (laughs) You wrote the lyric. You brought her on stage. You trapped her. Like, you can't get mad at that. I hate that. And maybe this is my white patriarchal view. (laughs) 
but you can't get mad at a lyric you put in the song. You can't, no matter who sings it. Because you put it in the fucking song. It's your fault for making the song popular. Why why get pressed when somebody likes your song? It's all contextual. Is she fucking holding a gun to some beat up black guy on the ground saying, Fuck who you know where you from, my nigga? No! She's on stage at your concert singing your song in front of your fans. After you pulled her up, you don't get to be mad. You don't. <laughs> you don't get to be mad. <laughs> Come on, man. I was thinking about this just cracking up last night because, like, I and I guarantee you that fucking black Twitter just crucified this girl, you know. Like, but it's so shitty. It's so shitty, and it's very. Um, I think it's counterproductive to have the most popular music in the entire world right now: rap, hip hop, and then get mad at using or at certain groups for using a word that is used flippantly throughout the entire genre, right? To where if you're going to make it so normal to say in your songs, then you can't get mad when people who enjoy your music say the lyric. Like, who was in Paris? Niggas! Niggas were in Paris and they were going gorillas, right? I'll fucking, I'll scream the lyric, because fuck you. I know what I'm saying. Niggas were in Paris. Jay-Z and Kanye. They call themselves niggas, the niggas were in Paris. (laughs) (laughs) This is fact of life, all right? And come for me. Come for me. Take me out of Afton. God, you'll just boost my podcast numbers, you assholes. <laughs> it's so, it's it's so, um, I think I've already said it was counterproductive, but what's the fucking word I'm looking for? Uh, it's unfair, honestly. It's really unfair, because, like, what if, what if in country music we as white people, just cornered off the word drank. D-R-A-N-K. You gonna buy me a drink? I'm drinking beer. My girl's cool drink water. Like, all this bullshit, right? You can't say it. And if you say it, we're gonna make a really fucking big deal about it. But we're also gonna say the word drank three times in every song. And if you say it, you're done. (laughs) you can't do that it's unfair it really really is and it's setting a really bad precedent and it's been happening for fucking years and i don't understand it's been kind of memed like the whole who was in paris thing you know that's is he gonna say the word yeah i'll fucking say it it's a word it carries as much weight as you attribute to it that's the thing about words Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. If you let every fucking word hurt you, now the words have power over you. Now the words actually mean something. But if you just... Let them fucking bounce off your stupid dome, it doesn't matter. They mean nothing. Words mean nothing. What did I say four four minutes ago? You don't know. Are they floating in the air? Hold on, look, look. There's where he said nigga. I got it right here. He said it. No. They disappear. You fall asleep one one night, you wake up the next day, you don't remember the shit you said the night before. You don't remember every freaking sentence. It's not documented. It's not writing. It, when you're just speaking, co- like, colloquially, which means... um. Uh, how the fuck do I, like, uh, conversationally, you know, just like every day, everyday speech. You can't let words define you because then you give them power. 
it's like, um, I don't know. I'm getting into murky water here because <laughs> I want to start bringing up examples and it's not going to be good. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can't like, it's fucking Percy Jackson, right? The dude in the first book, he kills the Minotaur. Yeah. In the, I get, probably somewhere in the, I don't want to say 90s, but some, you know, 90s, turn of the 2000s, the hard R movement got really, really big. And it, I mean, it probably needed to be because it was still very colloquial. <laughs> and this is, you know, that word in particular, the, the N word, has its power because of the power we gave it. If you let it just disappear, like, uh, who says dweeb anymore? You know, who says dweeb? But if we called it the D word, if dweeb was the D word, and if you say dweeb, (gasps) stop it, stop saying that, all of a sudden now the word has teeth, it has fangs, and it can stand up on its own, and I'm going to change society because I'm a dweeb. (laughs) Like, you give it that power. Percy Jackson kills the Minotaur in the first fucking act of the first book. Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Check it out. <laughs> and then the people of the thing tell him, hey, words have power. If you know, if you say Minotaur too much, you're going to put it out in the universe. It's going to come back. It's going to come back to get you. So by giving those words the power, and I guess that's kind of a bad example because he doesn't say the word to not give it power. But you have to take the shock value out of it, right? In the in the 60s, if you said dumbass on TV or like, um, I don't know, bitch. <laughs> if you call the girl a bitch on like Lucille Ball or Bewitched or something, like, ah! everybody's going to freak out, right? Now they say bitch on fucking CBS. Like, <laughs> Or damn, like, they just kind of cuss. They just kind of make open, like, they make gay jokes on TV. You take the bite out of it. Because you don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck. It's like me growing up with man tits. I grew up with man tits my entire fucking life. But at some point in, like, the 6th or 7th grade, I decided, I'm not going to give a fuck so much. And my life changed for the better. The less I carried around that weight of what the fuck other people are saying to me, the happier I felt. So if you're depressed, and you're in your dorm room, and you're just, the pandemic's hard, maybe you should look at how you receive the world. Because if every little thing is a fucking catastrophe to you, like words that other people say, and I'm not talking about racist people. I'm because I know right now, and this is a little deep for my caveat. Right now, you're thinking, "Oh, this guy's a fucking." He's just gonna say the N word no matter what. No, intent is everything. If I'm reading Huckleberry Finn and I get to that page, and I'm popcorn reading in class, I might not say it. <laughs> But then again, if I do say it, I shouldn't be reprimanded. It's literature. It's in the book. The intent that fucking... Um, who's the guy that wrote that shit? Um, why do I remember his actual name but not his fucking pen name? Samuel Clemens. What's his fucking... <laughs> Who wrote Tom Sawyer? Um motherfucker is Samuel Clemens but what's his actual name (laughs) Samuel Mark Twain what the fuck Mark Twain there you go whenever Mark Twain wrote that shit he didn't mean it to be a fucking even though it probably was used as a slur in that book I'm I'm not gonna lie to you it's in there for a reason he didn't put it in there to portray whoever said it in a good light right he, he put it in there to let you know that this is the times. 
that this is the ideas that people had. And if you shy away from that, if you shut that down, if you make it bigger than it really is, then it hurts you. Then it hurts you, right? Like I talked about on my last podcast, Dr. Seuss was canceled. The picture that I've seen thrown around on the internet literally says, and a Chinese man running, running, running to eat with his chopsticks or some shit. And it's literally like just a Chinese guy. I mean, he looked like he looks Asian. It's not like he has big buck teeth and fucking big ears and shit. <clears throat> he just looks like a Dr. Seussian Asian guy. And he's got a, you know, the hat and the garb. And he's got the little ninja shoes with the two blocks at the bottom. Like, and he's running with a bowl of noodles and, and chopsticks. What is racist about that? What is derogatory about that? In my idea, that's like Seuss drew a like a 1800s Asian Asian man. Like if you were to picture a Japanese guy from the 1800s, as I think they wore the little block shoes, it might be something like that, right? I don't get. And he's just going to eat with his chop. They eat with chopsticks. <laughs> like what do you mean? <laughs> I don't. And maybe that's not the only example, but I don't get what's so bad, right? Like, isn't there bigger fish to fry, you know, other than worrying about fucking kids' books? Because once again, if I'm reading my kid fucking, oh, the places you'll go, oh, the places you'll go, where's... Oh, the places you'll go. You'll go straight to that fucking clan meeting and you're going to talk to that grand wizard and he's going to get you in here, buddy. Because we don't like them chinks. We don't like them nyongs. We don't like them spicks. And we definitely don't like them Jews. So, since you're reading that Dr. Seuss book, that means you align, right? You align with us. No. No. (laughs) Come on. You guys are pussies. Pussies. And you can't cancel me. You know why? That's why. Fuck you. Because the pendulum's going to swing. You guys got about five more years of this bullshit. For real. You got about five more years. Because it's going to swing back the other way. And it's going to swing back so fucking hard. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. Comedy is in a dip right now. But it like if you watch like Bill Burr's Saturday Night Live set set you watch uh, uh who else had a recent thing fucking dave chabelle sticks and stones like there's those guys at the top out there that are setting the tone for comedy are setting it fuck you you're a pussy that's how they're setting it and that's the way it should be because you guys are being pussies you're being a pussy you're being a big baby what is the p word gonna be fucking illegal now no, look out for the P word. <laughs> Fucking God. And obviously, I'm not saying that the N word is good and you should say it. And the fact that I'm even fucking saying the N word shows how stupid this is that I got to align with you just so you'll hear me out. Right? I'm not saying it's a good word. I'm not saying that it's, it should be used like banana. What I'm saying is, is you give it the power that you fear. You really do. You give it that power. When you say the N-word, what do you think the N-word does? It just, it manifests a little bit bigger. It's like the, um, uh, what's a really good example of like a, I can't think of anything like in TV where like the monster just grows the more you feed it. Right, the more you feed it, the bigger it gets. And now, batting down, where you from, my nigga? And it just kills you, right? Like because you sang "Mad City" in your fucking car. <laughs> like, it's so crazy, so crazy. I just um, I can't wait. I cannot wait for the pendulum to swing back. I can't. Because it's going to swing back fucking hard. It's going to swing back hard. And I hope, honestly, 
the left movement needs to cool their fucking jets because it's going to swing back so hard that we're going to get more rules or laws like we do in Alabama where, like, the most stringent fucking abortion laws ever because of the fucking, like, swing back and push against all this shit. Like, you can't take it all, right? You can't have it all because then you piss people that you took it from off and then they want it all. So now in 10 years, they get it all again, right? Swings around. Like, you remember in the 80s or in the early 90s whenever Tipper Gore was going around, like, parental advisory stickers on fucking CDs and shit and hip-hop's destroying America. You can't do that, can't do this. Now look at us. Meg Thee Stallion and fucking Nicki Minaj just scissored on stage in front of, I don't know, the, the 1 million people that watched the Grammys last night. <laughs> and uh, uh, that would have never fucking happened 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Never. The pendulum swings, bitches. And how long till it swings back the other way and you have Justin Timberlake and John Mayer on stage singing Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head uh, fully clothed? How long till we swing back to that way? Till there actually is a fucking white patriarchy out to get us because you guys accosted white men. You can't steal from Peter and give to Paula. You know what I'm saying? Like, whenever you're going after this fucking patriarchy, you're going after this, uh, I don't know, people's rights. Whenever you're doing that and then just saying, you can't do that, but now we can do that. Where's this not fair? That's not fair. That's not equality. That is, you want that. That's lust, right? That's not equality. You're just lusting after this power you think we have. Because I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I don't think the patriarchy is that fucking, I don't think it is. I don't think we have a huge fucking white patriarchy. Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? I'm a white man. Uh, is it a patriarchal society because I walk on the street and I don't fear of getting raped? What is, because that's always what people bring up, right? The rape culture, the rape culture part, the rape culture, the rape culture and the wage gap. But when you think about the wage gap, fucking white or not white, just dudes in general pay for everything. They pay for everything. And I know you're going to, yeah, you, I'm talking about. 80% of the fucking population, right, where you have, especially in relationships, the dude pays for the vast majority of things that go on. They're usually the breadwinners. They're usually this because men are more likely to fall into specialized fields. They're more likely to work more hours. They're more likely to um, do hard labor that women won't do. How many fucking women are on the last seasons of Deadliest Catch? Right? <laughs> Two? One? Maybe. They put her there just because. <laughs> you know, so when you talk about, like, the wage gap, well, what are women where? Women are more prominent in STEM fields. Women are more likely to graduate from college. Women are more likely to... um um. Uh, I can't remember my other stat. I had one. So, where is the, uh, you know, and I get it, you know, like the whole boys club thing and men stick with men and uh, like that, that aspect of it. But isn't that more on you for not being more of a accessible person in the workplace? And listen, ladies. I know I just said that the patriarchy doesn't exist, and I really don't think it does. But let's just say my whiteness has gotten me nowhere in my life so far. Uh, <laughs> literally, on every single government document I fill out, Taylor Morgan is a Cherokee. I, Why would I mark Caucasian? With affirmative action and things like that, I've got my blue card, and that is the card I put first. That is the card I put first. My Cherokee privilege has gotten me way farther than white privilege in this life. 
Let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> because because what does being white get you now? It gets you called a racist. It means you either have to be so far over this line that you're just impossible to put in this group, which doesn't mean anything. Like, it's either a white person has to refer to every other race as the fucking golden child, or they have to just be a racist. You're a Nazi. You Trump-supporting fucking racist. So... Where's the privilege in that, right? White people are constantly just told to shut up on issues. This doesn't concern you, white guy. What's going on in my country? I think it kind of concerns me. <laughs> you know? Like, I, I just don't see. And like what I said earlier, it always goes back to like the whole rape culture thing and wage gap. That's where they put the patriarchy at. But when you like... With the rape culture thing, how many women is it like a year get get raped? I don't even know. I'm not even going to look it up. I don't even want to know. But I do know that men are more likely to be incarcerated. They're also more likely to be victims of violent crime than women. They're more likely to just get beat up in the street. They're more likely to um, be killed, believe it or not. They're more likely to commit suicide. So they're more likely, and honestly, in prisons where men are more likely to be in our fucking private ass prisons, like, I think it's like 70% of those people are then sexual assault victims from rape. (laughs) So, like, just because there's bad people out there does not mean there's evidence that men are perpetrating this idea that we should go rape. That it's society's fucking ideas that you should rape somebody. That just because there's men who rape and men are more likely to rape, men are also more likely to be horny. Right? So, I think what you're dealing with is, is not so much a system that allows this to occur, because rape is illegal. Rape is illegal. If you rape, you go to jail. Right? If you rape, you're convicted of rape, you go to jail. What more do you want? Death penalty? Like, it, it's not that our society allows these things to happen because we don't. Uh, because don't isn't there some fucking thing where, like, so many rapes go unreported or whatever so that way the rapist is never convicted and that's the rapist's fault (laughs) like I get I get the whole like me say anything I'll kill you shit but then again if you just drive to the police station tell them in person and then hang out there for the day what are they gonna do what the guy's in jail what's he gonna do (laughs) You know, if you have evidence of the fucking rape, like, oh, I don't know. And maybe I'm speaking way out of terms because there's a lot of trauma involved in this and things like that. But it's not, it's not a hundred percent the, the rapist's fault that you didn't report the rape, right? The reason he's free is on your own volition, And I get that it's a very loaded sentence. And there's a lot that goes into that. But that's true. That's true. If that rape goes unreported. And you were the victim. What do you expect to happen? Right? So I think that's. And this is where our culture is shifting. Because it's not. It's not like in today's society we're going out and be like oh you should rape you should rape you know get these women get these women there's a very anti-rape issue and it is more common for women to come out or victims to come out against their assaulters it really is so maybe that's the cultural shift we're changing but that's not patriarchy that's not, <laughs> that's not men in control right 
because let's just fucking look at it this way. The top, mm, oh, I don't know, 20 women, the top 20 earning women in the entire world get their shit from divorce. And that's not a problem. Jeff Bezos divorces his wife for fucking like, I don't know, it was like $2 billion or some shit. Or three bill that he gave her. Like, huh? For what? <laughs> for what? So, when you have, like, uh, and then you're probably going to say, oh, but he's, he's a man and he got there from being a man. No, he got there from working his ass off. Society doesn't give a fuck, right? You know that one girl that's, um, I almost said Susan Wojcicki, but she's the YouTube lady. Hey, look at her. She's fucking running YouTube. You think she didn't work her ass off to get there? You think like a man put her in that position just because? No, she worked her ass off. She earned it. You have to earn it. Earn it. Right? And it probably is going to be harder for you. Because this the way our society has been, women don't go for these top positions. They tend not to. They tend to go into fields where they help people, like social work or nursing or things like that. They don't go into the corporate gambit so much. That's freedom of choice, baby. You chose your major. You chose to be a fucking journalist. You chose to be a, a psychologist. You chose to do social work. Like, it's not my fault you're not fucking running ExxonMobil. <laughs> like, go to business school. Put yourself in that field. It's wild. It's wild. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like I just rambled for a lot of shit that's going to get me in trouble. But you know what? Fuck you. Um, be sure to follow all my socials. Uh, Good After Morn on Twitter and Good After Morning with two Gs on uh, Instagram. And uh, leave a review on my podcast, on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. Uh, Five stars and say I got a big dick. And um, that'll really help. That'll really, really help. Remember, words have power. And you're a pussy. So long. Bye. Bye. Bye.